Here we are, second show of the season, second location of the season already, and as I've just remembered, it is now the second Juve fan that we've had on the show. I, I have <laughs> instantly remembered one from a long time ago, but we are joined by another Juve fan, and of course, I'm joined by my good friend... Adam, so hello again. I've been welcomed back for another episode, so thank you, Rory. But more importantly, as you do say, we are joined by a guest, um, someone that I have looked at fondly from TikTok, so I might as well introduce him. So he calls himself Mr. Azuri TV, but more importantly to me and Rory, he's called Alfredo. So, Alfredo, welcome to the Anglo Italian podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, it's my first podcast, breaking my. Uh podcast cherry today very excited to be here <laughs> we'll be gentle don't worry we'll be gentle. <laughs> definitely so rory um how are you doing more importantly as well um i'm good i'm good i'm now moved from eastbourne back up to sunny crew um seeing the family as you can see i'm in the box room of my parents house living the dream um before i go down to southern italy and then finally to milan so it's all living out of backpacks at the minute but summer camp's done i survived and I'm ready to talk Serie A and Premier League. How have you been, Adam? Yeah, good. I've unfortunately had a bout of COVID, but I'm out of it. So, yeah, the isolation did kill me over the weekend. But it did give me enough opportunity to watch all of the football, like, isolated and in peace and quiet, more importantly. So, uh, yeah, lots to reflect on, I'm sure. And game week one in Serie A was definitely a good talking point. So let's get started because there was lots of goals. But, Rory, where do you want to begin? Well, I'm going to start by letting Alfredo introduce himself. Mm. So, um, tell people like me, what is TikTok? How did you discover it? And what do you do on there? <laughs> um, I guess TikTok's a kind of video content app. You know, people can make short little videos. Um, I've actually had it for about a year and a half now. And then I think I started, maybe it was the day after Roma won the Conference League final. Mm -hmm. And I just did a few videos about the final and, you know, what I thought about it. And then I just kind of, kept it going you know always argue and discuss Italian football with my family and my friends um so I thought you know throw it out there on TikTok see what happens so what was it about that final that made you think you know what I'm gonna I have to talk about this well to be honest the first time I actually sat down and tried to make a TikTok was after the Macedonia game oh, and okay. <laughs> I sat down and tried to make it and I was just getting I just I just couldn't I had no kind of hold of my emotions. So I, I was uh, like, okay, I can't, I can't do this now. I waited a few months. Take some breaths, take some breaths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it was. I just kind of, I've been thinking about it for a while and I'm just kind of go in front of the camera and started talking. Like when I watched those first videos back, I was very robotic and I've never really been on camera mm. before. Uh, so <laughs> try, I try I, not to kind of, I try not to go back to those ones very often. Yeah, I'm sure Adam, it's the same for you, but if I listen to our yeah. first couple of podcasts, I'm like, oh my God, you can hear was like stuttering and stumbling, like, <laughs> yeah. looking for our notes and like reading. Like, oh god, it's awful! It's awful. Yeah. Some may say it's not got much better, but I'm sure it was the same thing <laughs> yeah. you had them, right? Yeah, we're still getting the follows, right? So that's the most yeah, important yeah, thing. Yeah. But more importantly, Alfredo, let's introduce your team. So, who is your Italian team? So, I'm a Juve fan, um, uh, rather unfortunately, uh, at the moment. Um, um yeah like my brothers were big Juve fans and you know 
I kind of fell in love with Del Piero and Buffon at a very young age and kind of just stuck from there. So let, let's talk about your beloved Juventus. So obviously yes. on the Monday night, so a bit of a late kickoff for Juventus, but they did manage to scramble a 3-0 win against the Swallow. Um, yeah, for the first 20 minutes, I have to say, it did look like last season's uh, Allegri ball was uh, starting to hit Juventus fans by the wayside. But... You managed to get the goal through Di Maria, a well-timed volley, it has to be said. But then from then onwards, it seemed like Juve were in dominant form. Um, what's your kind of overriding thoughts of that game in particular? Uh, well, I kind of I went into the game not confident at all. Well, not 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 confident because uh, because it was Sassuolo and Sassuolo's defence is, mm-hmm. you know, so so leaky. And yeah. but going into it. I just thought it'd be the same as last season. I had no confidence. I wasn't expecting much. I wasn't expecting to be overawed with, you know, tiki taka, wonderful football. Mm. Um, and for the first 20, 25 minutes, me and my dad were sat in, in front of the t- television and, you know, we were saying, oh, fuck, nothing's changed. Same old Allegri. <laughs> oh, he's a dying, he's this, he's that. And then once that Di Maria goal went in, it was like, it just kind of flick switched and they kind of, they kind of started finding their rhythm a bit more. I think Sassuolo's heads went down a little bit as well, uh, which helped. Um, but yeah, after that, I think, you know, Juve kind of strolled it, to be honest. They weren't, they didn't really get out of second or third gear. Mm. Um, Vlaovic looked extremely sharp up front. Di Maria was the best player on the pitch mm-hmm. by far. So unfortunately, he picked up an adductor injury mm-hmm. halfway through. Uh, Bremer at the back, I thought, looked incredibly solid. Um, even Alexandro played well, you know, which was <laughs> the biggest surprise of the night. Um, but yeah, no, I think three points, three goals, clean sheet. Yeah, mm, it's a pretty thing. good way to start the season. To be fair, it's a yeah. pretty good way. And like Sassuolo, like you said, that they 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 do have like a leaky defense, but they are a team that does have the potential to pull off surprises. Mm. They do yeah. beat the big boys every so often. I think, like yeah. for Allegri to have that high-scoring win to start the season is probably. A nice little like middle finger to people who oh, might be yeah, like well, to, to people, like, people I mean. like me, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Di Maria as well, like we were talking about it last week, Adam, mm. about how yeah. he has the potential. Like Serie A is a league where older players do tend to do quite well, and I mm. think Di Maria could be for my Fanta Calcio. I'm already thinking I'm going to have to, but I'm going to have to be bidding a lot for him. I think he could have a big season. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised at the positioning because I thought he'd be more in the register role as they mm-hmm. kind of earmarked for him. But potentially that's due to the fact that I think Juve and maybe Alfredo will speculate on this, but it looks like they're still trying to get some strikers through the door. Um, I was going to ask Alfredo what he thought of the business, not necessarily just coming in, but also what you've managed to get out as well, because I think that's been a bit of a surprise. We'll talk about a certain uh, Rabio at some point, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, from your point of view, how's the business from Juve's point of view? I, I think it's been good. I don't think you can, there, there's not really many areas left to strengthen. I think maybe a striker just to play fit, the second fiddle to uh, Vlaovic would be good. The pie, I think, is kind of the name being tossed around at the moment, which mm. I think the the pie, you know, for all his shortcomings, I'm not sure he has the best attitude in the world, but technically... As a player, a, as a player, as I think player. he's massively underrated. I think yeah. he's hugely underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely skillful, extremely technical. He's mm. quick. Um, 
So I think, yeah, he'd be good just as, you know, I just don't want to see Morata back at Juve. I just don't want to see him back. Everybody, like, everyone's pushing him forward to post, just like, yeah, yeah. Anyone but Morata. But yeah, I mean, Pogba coming in is huge. Um, I think Juve's midfield last season was Barlo Catelli, who I love. I think watching Dabio and McKenney, they're, they're not the kind of players who really mm. inspire one, yeah. you know. You, you don't think, wow, you know. I can't wait. I can't to, wait to see Weston yeah, tearing it up. Yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're not those kind of players. You know, McKenny, I, I like. I think he's honest and he works extremely hard. But you know, technically, he's not. He's not the greatest in the world. Um, but yeah, and Bremer at the back, who I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be much disparity between him and Delict in terms of ability. I mean. Mm. Already, I think from what I've seen from Bremer last season and that first game against Sassuolo, he's he's a bit of a Rolls Royce of a centre back. Yeah, yeah, I said the other day, he reminds me a lot of Thiago Silva when he first joined Milan, and mm. he's just very elegant and classy, but yeah. strong, quick, imposing. He's got all those kind of characteristics. But yeah, I think I think it's been a good window from Juve. Mm. I think I think mm. with Bremer, he seems to flap a little less than Delict. I think Delict often yes. finds himself. He would often like he looked like he mm. would panic or he'd make a rush decision and give away a handball which was like the meme thing right or like yeah. <laughs> he, he seemed a bit more flappable than Bremer maybe yeah. and I think again we said it last week because it, it looked so close for Inter to get in Bremer I thought it was done at one point I think mm. for Juve to come in and do that is huge like absolutely yeah. huge yeah. Like it was a big statement definitely yeah yeah so Rory let's move on to some of the other games because um let's start off the uh, champions so Milan they kicked off in style 4-2 against Udinese Udinese I think they just forgot their defense on the day but <laughs> yeah it has to be said though uh, Rodrigo Bacal obviously what a defender yeah. he seems to score yeah. his goals against Milan as well doesn't he but um were you a bit taken back by the scoreline itself I don't feel like Milan got many of these score lines last year. I feel like no. they, there was a lot of one nil or one by one goal margins, right? And I was, like that, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was definitely taken aback. Rebic getting two. I don't think anybody mm. saw that happening, right? <laughs> I don't think anybody that would have been the coupon buster. I think, but yeah, great again, almost similar to Juve. A great like opening day win, get the goals flowing yeah. against a team that again has the potential to upset people. Um, but we, we were saying before, we're not quite sure how what to make of Milan this year and what, what we're going to see from them. But I think that's as good a start as they could have wished for. Um, mm. Again, against Udinese, who do cause problems, even if they are a bit... Um, they could be in danger, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, they're a weird one, aren't they? But Delefeo almost had a chance. I think it was mm. when it was 2-all or potentially like coming up to 2-1, something like that. And um, yeah, it was just fortunate that I think Milan's defence, in particular Kalulu, who has been absolutely just a monster since Kiar mm. went off injured. Um, but the interesting thing for me was Brihim Diaz as well. He seems mm. like he was a completely different midfielder to what we saw for the second part of last season. Because if you remember, he had a really good start with Tonali. And yeah. I think there was a lot of question marks about whether he would actually be there for this season. But he's certainly cementing his kind of place there right now. And I think it's going to be hard for the likes of the Ketelaire to potentially come through as well because of mm -hmm. the form of these other players. But, yeah, I mean, from your point of, view, point of view, even, Alfredo, what do you make of Milan? I mean, we kind of thought that they might not be maybe Scudetto champions again. But on this form, they certainly look like potentials, don't they? Well, I I predicted that it would be Inter and Milan together fighting mm, for yes. the Scudetto yeah. again. Um, 
And, you know, last year, I, I loved watching Milan last year. I thought they were so, yeah. such a lovely team to watch. Mm-hmm. They had such a yeah. clear attacking identity. They were so exciting. And there were glimpses of, of that on Saturday. I think they still looked a little bit rusty. They didn't, they, they hadn't quite yeah. clicked into gear yet. Um, obviously, Tonali was out, um, who was so, so important last year. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't, if they can continue playing in the way they did last year and just keep that form and that kind of confidence that they had I, I see no reason why they won't be up there challenging again yeah mm. definitely and as long as Rafael Leal is injury freed and I think they stand a hell of a chance um let's talk about Inter then they seem to be playing on the potato pitch uh, for most of it um, <laughs> yeah. but Lukaku <laughs> is off the mark as well let's yeah. talk about I've got a lot of time for Inter getting the late drama in from the first game of the season <laughs> yeah. like doing the having the most Inter win ever to start the season is <laughs> didn't like look like f- they were going to get it as well it's a new form of Inter was yeah. insane Falcone I mean I, I really mm-hmm. rate him from his Sampdoria days, but for some yeah, reason, yeah. Sam don't want him. So really fortunate for Lecce, I suppose, to an extent. But again, like Lecce was a very interesting side to watch as well, because yeah. they did really frustrate the hell out of Inter, especially when they got that equaliser through Cisse. I mean, after that, I felt like this was the Inter vault, as in last mm. season's Inter, where they kind of dominate games, but they get really frustrated when it doesn't go their way. And then they've yeah. got no plan B. Um, can, yeah, just run out I mean, of ideas, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the one thing I think Inzaghi reflected on was that he's got more quality off the bench as well this time round. So he was able to bring in Dzeko when he needed to. I know Dzeko yeah. was used quite a lot last season, but... Again, that was just one of those performances where I thought, as it was going to that last corner, I thought, yeah, Inter, Inter screw this one up again. They're going to get just a point. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing because I don't think many teams are going to go to Lecce and necessarily win, especially on that pitch. It was absolutely atrocious. But um, I get your thoughts, Alfredo, as well. Um, yeah, you know, I, I actually completely agree with you. You know, going to Lecce, first game of the season, their first game back in Serie A, it, it, it was on that pitch. I mean, I've seen pitches made of sand that are probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, and, um, you know, they weren't convincing at all. Inter. they were, they were, they were the better team, but Lecce was so honest mm. and hardworking. Yeah. I, I, I did feel gutted for them at, at the end. Because as much as yeah. it were the better team, I no, but it's one of those where you want you want to see them get their yeah. like the hard work pay off, right? Yeah. I think they're a team that are going to cause problems. I think they're not oh, going to be yeah. someone that's like they're not going to be the what people expected Salernitana to be. If you know what I mean, I think they're 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 honestly going to cause a lot of problems, and it's a tough place to go. It's definitely a tough place to go. But Inter got the job done, right? Yes. Three points. Yeah. The Kaku scored. Yes. There's a lot of like boxes ticked there to just. On to the next one, I think. Um, but I did like it was such a late winner. It felt very, very into, very packed. Yeah, 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 very much yeah, so. Yeah. Let's move on to Monza then. Um, this was the outsiders, I suppose, to begin with. We thought they were the team that might cause a surprise, but they certainly did it in a different way by losing to Torino. Um, Rory, um, it's quite impressive. I, I put it on our Twitter, like our tip of the weekend, back, back Monza to beat Torino, and I was like. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that's that is the last tip of the weekend, guys. It was the first and last one. I'm retiring. Yeah, on that. exactly. Um, I was really disappointed. Really, really yeah, disappointed. I thought same. Torino had had a bit of a messy summer. Like there was the video mm. of the manager fighting with the sporting director <laughs> and nothing going right, and Monza bringing in everyone. I really did expect a better performance, but 
yeah, just uh, flattered to deceive a little bit. Like, what did you make of it, Adam? Yeah, they were, like you say, really disappointing. Um, the only highlight I've written down as part of my notes was Danny Motta. He looks really good. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what his form is like. But again, I was a bit surprised by the picks in terms of their first 11. Because like we talked about Kragnar, for example, as a goalkeeper, I thought he would have started, for example, uh, Pacino was obviously missing. Um, yeah, so yeah. there's a number of these players where you're thinking mm, interesting. But let's talk about Torino as well. Like you said, they had a really bad summer. They were even the coach was talking about that he couldn't replace certain players because he hadn't been given any funds. I was surprised to see Marinchuk kind of turn up from Atalanta yeah. and scoring. So I didn't really realise he was there. Didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if yeah. there's anything that kind of highlights this game was the, there was a scene in the highlights where it just focused on Berlusconi. I couldn't believe how young he looks. Like he had that just for men, <laughs> black jet, black he's, hair. He's invested and, a new age. He's invented yeah, a new yeah. number. Like, you wouldn't yeah, have guessed yeah, yeah. that he's like 95 or something like that. But yeah. Incredible, but yeah, and he's ready to run for president again. He's not done yet, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we were hoping Monza would keep him distracted, but I think he's got time for both somehow. Let's talk about Napoli then, as well. Interesting result there 5 2 winners (laughs) against Verona. Um, yeah, we talked about the Georgian one declared, so we'll talk. Well, we'll call him Kavitsa just to now, make sure. Now, it, I yeah, have you got the a, pronunciation? I had a Georgian student at summer camp, and he said Probably they just call him, they just say Kvara. So they just Kvara. call him Kvara. Ah, really Kvara. easy, nice and simple. I was very relieved. He did try and teach me the full word, but I was like, does he have a nickname? Okay, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Done. Yeah. He scores on his debut. He scores on yeah. his debut. And he set yeah. up Zelinski as well, didn't he? And uh, Osimen doing the Mbappe celebration to Verona fans. That was quite epic as well, to be fair. Um, but Verona, I think they're going to really struggle this season. I mean, we'll talk about Simeone. He's obviously gone to Napoli. But, yeah, I do feel really worried about them. I think they'll do enough to stay on. But I think I saw earlier this week that Barak wants out as well. Mm-hmm. So it it's a real shame because last good. year, last year they were one of my favorite teams in Serie A to watch. That yeah, front three mm-hmm. was one of the deadliest in Europe. Like it seemed like a team that they only just missed out on Europe, right? I think they missed out yeah. on one place, or and it felt like it was a team that was ready to push on. And then now it seems like the team's just going to get picked apart. It's a real, it is a real shame. But for Napoli to get Simeone. I think that could be incredible in that kind yeah. of Merton's role. I think he could do so well there. And we've seen he just scores absolute bangers. Like, that's all he does is just score <laughs> screamers. I think he could be incredibly popular in Naples. I think it's a hell of a signing. But you're right, for Verona, it seems like they were on the cusp of getting somewhere and now they're kind of chasing it. I don't know. What, what do you think, Alfredo? Um, well, I think Napoli, for a start, looked mm. excellent. They, I, I wasn't expecting much from them, but they were probably out of the top top six size i think they were the most exciting to watch mm-hmm. i thought they were so like vivacious going forward yeah, um yeah, yeah. uh kappa kappa as my uh, best friend christian likes to call him um, <laughs> um yeah, 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 yeah. Looked, looked uh he looked really really sharp although i wasn't expecting yeah. him to score a header but he popped up with no I, yeah, yeah i was surprised <laughs> yeah. um but yeah he looked he looked i thought that lozano as well considering like he spent a lot of last season a lot of rumors of him wanting out i thought he looked extremely sharp but most importantly, that midfield, a midfield that I previously haven't rated at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Zielinski I like, but Anguissa and Lobotka, I, I was never like overawed. Really? I thought they were, as as a three, I think they just, they're, they're such a great balance together. And 
they all complement each other so well. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought Anguissa was excellent. Lavotka was. <laughs> I don't know what he had before that game, but he was he was incredible. I think last season he was a player that really shocked me because I thought he was just always on the bench and then like he just came into the team and all of a sudden I was like, wow, this guy can really mm. affect games and create plays. And I thought um, Anguissa was one of the signings of the season last year at Napoli. Yeah. I genuinely thought he liked that spine they had of Koulibaly, him and Osman. I thought this is like, you can build a huge team around them. I think that midfield, Zambo, I'm a big, big fan of. Yeah, huge fan of. But let's also talk about the fact that Fabian Ruiz is rumoured to be potentially isolated if he doesn't get a move to PSG. So, um, yeah, that's a bit of uh, the De Laurentiis kind of tactic, isn't it? Just isolate and exactly make sure he doesn't get what he wants. Yeah. But yeah, Alfredo, that, that for me, I, I, I think he could fit in, in any of the Serie A teams, to be fair. I think he could do a really good job. Um, <clears throat> Man United, you could do better. Um, but, you know, like, again, I'm not going to suggest to them to do something because they're linked with hundreds of players at the moment. Um, but, yeah, from your point of view, again, he's not a player that could do a job for Napoli, even if he was called upon. Yeah, I mean, he's technically, he's one of probably uh, one of the best midfielders in Serie A. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a very eye-catching player. He's a very good-looking player on the ball. Uh, he's very elegant. Um, classic kind of you know Spanish midfielder, but he's a bit he, mm-hmm. he's got a bit of grinta about him. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think in Serie A he probably walks into any midfield in Serie A. Um, yeah. I'm not sure he'll. I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. I, I read a, I read that rumor earlier about him being frozen out. I just thought, oh, De Laurentiis. Yeah, he's, such, he's such a tool. He's such a tool. Like he just, I, I, I'm, like I know a few Napoli fans, and none of them are particularly fans of him. If you know what I mean, like even though he's on the club and got them from where they were to where they are, they're still like we tolerate you more than like like you. If you know what I mean, I think he's a very very difficult character. Um, one other side that has been promoted to Syria that's Cremonosi. Um, they were very unlucky against Fiorentina, but Fiorentina did do well or enough. Um, we will talk about Radu's error again, I'm sure, in detail. Oh, but um, mm. if we talk about the goals, Luka Jovic is off the mark now as well, so he's doing quite well. Um, Okarenki, I thought, did a really good goal for Cremonese yeah. when he brought it back at level. Fantastic. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, well, he, he was it? great for Venezia last season. He was yeah. great for Venezia. Mm. I think they had a few players in that squad, just not quite enough quality, obviously. But between him and Henri, that isn't Henri, they had some really good <laughs> yeah. squad players in that squad. I call him Henry. I call him Henry. Yeah. Just yeah. between the two. Um, I, I think Okareke was one of the players that stood out, right? So it was good to see him oh, getting yeah, back definitely. in there again. Like, definitely. But yeah, I and think Mandragora for... scoring as well. Yes, Magic yeah, definitely. But Cremonese, yeah, yeah. I think they got done by that sending off to Ascalante. It was just basically yeah. just a mistimed mm-hmm. tackle and that was it, yeah. literally, and that killed him off. But Radu, again, costing his team, like, that guy I felt gutted really for him. Help, I really did. He? I really felt gutted for him. I think, I mean, you know, with the, the lasting memory of last season being that error that cost into the league, basically. Mm-hmm. And then first game of this season doing that i just felt oh no i just cringed watching it 
It's kind of Loris Carrius vibes where you're like, oh, yeah. you're going to recover from this now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to recover from this? It's kind of, it's it's sad to see, but my God, what an error. Like, and people, there was a lot of Inter fans last year saying he should have been starting ahead of Handanovic because they hated Handanovic that yeah. much. And I saw friends of the show, Uncle Sharma, just retweeting it like, are we still sure Radu was better than Because <laughs> I'm not convinced. Like, I'm not convinced. Yeah, it was a gutting moment, gutting moment for them because it was so close to, again, Getting a great start to the season, right? Yeah, yeah they did so well yeah. in that match. Um, last one on my list, Salernitana against Roma. A quite straightforward win for Roma, has to be said. Um, mm. They could have won by more. Zaniolo just, I think it's just yeah. sharpness really for the kids um, because his runs at times was just mesmeric, to be fair. And with Tammy and Dybala, they just need to get that kind of timing right between the three of them because they seem like... They are ready to gun a lot of these teams in Serie A. They really look the deal. On the flip side, Salernitana, I mean, they're like last season. I can't believe they yeah. even in this league. They've but, had their like, season. This is going to be a long <laughs> one for them. This it, is going yeah, to be a long one. I think one. it might be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a real big struggle. But um, points from you, Alfredo. What did you make of Roma? Um, well, I was very impressed in the first half. I think there was glimpses of what's to come i think they just need to click zaniolo mm. especially i've got i've got such a love for him and those driving runs he went on at that pace i know he's a professional footballer and it, but I, I ruptured my acl 11 months ago and even oh. playing football now i'm not back ready yet but i'm, I'm like a robot i'm so stiff mm. and mm. after him doing both of his knees at such a young age yeah. and being able to play like that is absolutely outstanding i thought mm. he looked so sharp um, Dybala looked good in the first half, but then I think once they scored in the second half, Mourinho just went, yeah, guys, you know what to do. And, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, see this yeah. one out, yeah. Yeah, um, but Spinazzola as well, I thought looked excellent. It was yes. so nice. His yeah. first competitive 90 minutes since getting his injury against Belgium, and he looked super sharp, um, and it was great to see him back. But yeah, I think there were certainly glimpses of what's to come, and that front four of Pellegrini, Dybala, Zaniola, and Abraham is... Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a proper front like that is a yeah. proper attacking yeah. force like between Pellegrini he's he can do everything he just does yeah. everything yeah and like you said I think Zaniola his his attitude gets called into question a lot but I think there's nothing on the pitch that makes me doubt his attitude at all I think he's no. a proper yeah. proper competitor and he fights for everything and yeah. then you've got Tammy Abraham who just finishes everything that drops in front of him I think that is like a proper Proper from four. The only thing is they need to keep the ball fit. That is the big issue. They need to keep. Yeah, that. Fit. I mean, that's just you know, it's potluck whether he stays fit or not yeah, because yeah, yeah, his yeah. injury history is so checkered. Yeah, um, yeah. Good, a good luck. Good luck mm. is all I can say with that. Yeah. <laughs> Do we think their defence is strong enough for this season? Just out of curiosity, Alfredo, yourself as well, Rory. Um, because I always feel like they have their moments, especially Mancini. I mean, I know he's a bit of a madman at times, but yeah, I mean, that's the only area that I feel like they haven't really strengthened. I appreciate they are strong enough, but during the whole course of a season, do we think they are strong enough? What's your thoughts, Alfredo? Well, I think they certainly improved the latter half of last season. Mm. I was at the King Power um, when they oh, played yeah. Leicester in the semi-final. And Ibanez, all three of them, in fact, that day were absolutely excellent. They were mm. they were probably the three best players on the pitch. And I think since the kind of latter end of last season, every time I watched Orma, they, they they looked fairly strong. And mm. you know, I think they Ibanez and Mancini both, especially, are so rash. They're two of the most rash defenders in Serie A. But I do like both of them. Smalling's probably the most level-headed out of the three. And yeah. I think 
And I think with a year under their belt with Mourinho, I think this year they'll be fine. Sorry, I think we saw a taste of it in the Conference League final. They defended from yeah. the second they scored yeah. the goal, right? Yeah. And they just, that the defence there as a team was outstanding. And I think Mourinho knows what he does well. And what he does well is team defensive shape. And I think they they do know how to do it. And now he also has that attacking attacking threat. I'm Serie A should be worried about Mourinho lifting it again. I think because he I could re, he could he could coach them there. He could definitely coach them, especially if they get yeah. Belotti as well. I mean, that's still I can't believe be he's not been signed. What's going be on? Taking like, a while. I thought that was done. And then, the, um, they're trying to ship. Um, what's it? Shmorodov. Shmorodov. Oh, yeah. yeah, that didn't yeah. work. Did it? I was excited no. about him. It really didn't work at all, did it? No. Did not work. No, not at all. But I think um, the thing with Roma is that like they've got. If Belotti does sign, suddenly, if you look at that team from a bird's eye view, that there's not really any weakness or mm. clear weakness mm. in that side. You've got Spinazzola Zalewski on the yes, Carsdorp, um, yeah. who I don't rate at all, no, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but Celic looks exciting. Yeah, I've heard yes. a lot of good things yeah. about him from Lille. Yeah. In midfield, Cristante, Matic, Wijnaldum. Um, Wijnaldum go, as well, yeah. yeah. Going forward, they've got so many options at the back. that I mean, I just don't see many obvious weaknesses in mm. that side. No, yeah, it's not many. But if it is, it's going to be Mourinho's tactics. That's all that's going to kill them if it comes yeah. to it. But yeah. let's wait and see because it is only game week one as well. Um, mm. One mention was, was... Lazio. Lazio. They got a 2-1 win against Bologna. Um, yes. Arnautovic for Bologna. But Lazio, again, I think... They're Arnautovic do, doing his best for anti-fascism in a change of attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite surprised by that one. But yeah, Lazio was all about Sergei Milinkovic Savage again. In can't believe he hasn't gone for bigger sums at the moment, but Lazio are doing a good job of keeping him. Um, Alfredo, I know on your TikTok you kind of tip uh, Lazio to be the outsiders for this season anyway. Um, yeah, do you think they can sustain it this season? Well, I think I was worried that. I mean, as soon as. Um... Oh, the guy got what was his name? The Portuguese goalkeeper got sent off after three minutes. I was like, Oh, yeah, that was his debut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, also, and then, um, obviously, Bologna scored. Uh, but once Sumaro got sent off, it the game completely changed. Lazio mm. kind of clicked into gear and they weren't, you know, overly impressive, but they did what they had to do. Yeah. I think it wasn't, you know, basically with my prediction, it wasn't, you know, I think off to the greatest start, but I think, you know, once if they can you know, play a game without getting a red card after three or four minutes next time, you know, I think they'll be able to showcase what um, mm. uh, Sarri's trying to implement. I think they've got a good squad and, you know, they were fifth last season and I think, I don't think they'll break into the top four, but I think they'll, uh, I think they may come fifth. But then after Napoli's performance, I'm, I may have to amend that prediction fairly quickly. <laughs> There's a lot of teams to squeeze into those spaces. I think there is. I think with, with Lazio and with Sari, it's interesting because obviously Sari Ball is such a like specific type of football. You need yeah. his type of players, but um, Cellino, the owner of Lazio, does not enjoy spending money. Right? He just doesn't enjoy it. So I think they've not really been able to bring in the players that he needs. Um, and yeah. I think. Is he actually going to be able to implement his style? I can't really see it happening. Well, I think Luis Alberto, where they thought was going to go, um, but he didn't start on um, Sunday or Saturday. Um, but he did come on, and I think keeping him will be will be huge because I think he's he's such an excellent player. That, that midfield, him and Milinkovic Savic in midfield are absolutely excellent together. Mm -hmm. 
And I think Romagnoli will be a good signing, um, Casale as well, and Cancellieri I like as well. Okay. Um, the young Italian forward um, who can operate on both sides. Um, I think I think the thing is with Sadi, I think he needs teams that they need to be of a certain level, but not over that level. I think you see it the Chelsea and the Juve when yeah. because he requires such a very strict and regimented with yeah, his, yeah, his, his, yeah. the yeah, way he yeah, plays yeah. isn't strict and regimented, but he the roles within his system are very strict and regimented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he, you need a certain level of player to do that. Whereas I think if the players are world class, I think you struggle. I think that's yeah. what works so well at Napoli. And I think maybe at Lazio, the players aren't quite there. Mm. I was hoping they would be, but you know, that first week. It's only the first week, though, you know? I'm, exactly. sti- I'm, exactly. I'm sticking with yeah. my guns. I'm sticking yeah, with my guns, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's only yeah. the first week. That's what's and been so got, hard about the first. They week, can bring right? off Everyone Pedro off the bench as well, can't they? Pedro's got like yeah. a win, like volley in him or something like that. So yeah, it tends to be the way, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, just to wrap it up, Rory, let's talk about some of the fixtures that are taking place this weekend in game week two. So we've got on Saturday Torino versus Lazio, Inter versus Spezia, and then we've got on Sunday Empoli versus Fiorentina, Napoli versus Monza. A big game, I think, for this game week, Atalanta versus Milan. That could be a good one. And on Monday, we've got Roma versus Cremonese and Sampdoria versus Juventus. So, um, yeah. We need to very quickly size. say as well, for Atalanta, Luckman got his first goal for Atalanta yes, as well. Straight yes, out the gates. Straight yes. out the gates. I think that's huge. A player that I really, really like and think he, he needs a proper run at a club. He's always looks impressive. And for him to score yeah. on his debut... Good work. Another yeah. English guy who's going to tear up, say, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And Sampdoria just look like an old man's club, don't they, at the moment? Quagrarella, Gabbiadini. Yeah, I'll, I'll looking... worry for them. They are in trouble. They are in massive trouble. But yeah. But do you think um, for Milan, Atalanta are going to be a test for them at this stage? Yeah, well, it's, it is the first test, right? And they're, they're the mm. first... It's the first big game of the season as well, if you know what I mean. Mm, so there's quite a lot yeah. of pressure on it. Everyone will be looking, going, right, where are these teams actually at? Um, but we saw last year Atalanta were actually pretty, pretty disappointing last year, and especially in the big games, I feel yeah. like they did not turn up at all. So I feel like Man- uh, Milan will be feeling fairly confident about that one. But we do know with Atalanta, as always, it will at least be a very good game. It's never boring when Atalanta yeah. returns. Yes, so. very true, very yeah, yeah. true. Right, Rory, should we go to the Premier League? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, let's go. And I'm going to talk about how I watched Arsenal at the Emirates in the Leicester end and got to witness Gabriel Jesus' first ever goal for the club, which was a beauty and I couldn't celebrate. It was a very, very, very difficult <laughs> moment. Um, we were in the Leicester end. It was quite funny. It was like kicking off pre-game, like everyone... Mm. on beers and whatever else football fans take. And I was kind of recording the what was happening and then realised my phone cover and my wallpaper were both Arsenal. And I very quickly <laughs> had to like <laughs> put it in my pocket, but I need to change that very quickly. Um, but it was a very, very good game. I really enjoyed it. Arsenal played some really good stuff. Um, it was great to see Saliba in person, seeing him kind of yeah. close. I was like, wow, this guy does have everything. Um, even though he scored an own goal, what really impressed me was the attitude at the Emirates. In the past, when a player's made a mistake, everyone's gone, oh, and like, everyone started moaning. But the whole stadium just cheered behind him and encouraged him. And I was like, something is different at the Emirates this year. Something is happening mm. here. It was a very, really beautiful performance. I think Leicester are 
they cannot defend set pieces. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yeah. But I think Arsenal played some really interesting stuff. Like, what do you think of it, Adam? I was a bit surprised by the scoreline. I thought it'd be a bit closer just because I thought mm. Leicester City, they've got their players back that they had injured last season. I thought they might cause you some issues. But Jesus and Martinelli in particular, they just seem to have this link-up play that was incredible. Yeah. They're just so fluid with each other. And I was going to ask you what your impressions were on that. But also from a point of view of the goals conceded, were you like oh, taken aback by yeah. that? Because I know Saliba's own goal was a bit, misfortunate i have yeah. said but yeah other than that were you kind of positive about the general performance by arsenal i think yeah we just had lapses in concentration which is what we did last year i think if we could just mm. minimize those it would be great i think where I, I just still have to repeat in my mind it's a very young team it's a very young team it's a very young team like yeah. there are going to be mistakes saliba is what 20 years old i think that was unfortunate it was a miscommunication he's yeah. tried to head it wide it's not gone wide i think it wasn't anything disastrous. Ramsdale arguably could have done better on the second goal. Like his leg, he went straight through his legs, and that never kind of fills me with confidence. But I think the best thing was the fact that we scored immediately after both those goals. Mm. It was like within a minute, I think, or within two minutes that we scored each time. And it was like, oh no, okay, the setbacks happened, and we've not just completely folded. We've just gone out, got the other goal, yeah. and came over. I think it was really, really impressive. And Martinelli is an absolute monster. It is. When he came to us, he had, I think his football IQ wasn't great and he was very, very scrawny. And now all of a sudden, he's just muscle and he knows mm. when to drop off, when to give the ball, when to run. I feel like we've got a proper player there. And him and Hayes yeah. just, like you said, unbelievable together. Saka almost got ignored. It was crazy. Like the whole thing was down the left. And I was like, give it him. He's pretty decent as well. You know, like give him a go. Um, he almost got ignored, but it was. It's exciting. It's, it's, it's an exciting team. Zinchenko was great. Having Tierney able to come off the bench, like depth, is just unbelievable. It's very, very, very exciting. Trying not to get overexcited because it's still Arsenal, right? And they've yeah. hurt me plenty of times before. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the Arsenal fans chanting about Yuri Tillemans. We'll see you next we'll week. We'll see you next <laughs> week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. And I'll tell you what, I'd take it. I'd absolutely take it. Yeah. Do you think this is um, maybe the last road for Brendan Rodgers at Leicester, though? Because, like... I think there's other managers out there that are more likely to get the sack first, mm -hmm. my opinion anyway. But yeah, do you think there's a concern for Leicester City fans right now? Um, I think some of them would be quite pleased to see him go, to be honest. I feel mm. like they're getting a little bit sick of him. Um, they know that he's not being backed. They know that financially yeah. he's not being backed and they've not signed anyone yet. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're like, guys, wake up, do something. But I think his inability to affect games, like once a game mm. goes away from them, he like he's unable to change the tide. Like, I don't know what you think of him, Alfredo. What do you think of Brendan Rodgers as a manager? Um, well, I, I think they've just kind of... Since that FA Cup win, I thought last mm -hmm. year Leicester were... And even that semi-final against Roma, I was so like disappointed by yeah. them. I thought they yeah. really offered so little going forward. And like you said, his ability to change a game once abraham scored that um mm -hmm. scored the header in the second leg they were just okay. i know it was against Mourinho yeah. defense but th th there was nothing he did to change the game in any way it was like he was just throwing on players mindlessly without actually yeah. trying to implement anything mm -hmm. um but i'm not sure i think the fa cup win still quite still fresh enough that it buys him a bit of time yeah i think and what it was we're a european semi-final it was that's still a hell of a run in the competition yeah. right and i think 
he does he does still have credit in the bank. And I think what we're going to see is Leicester, I think kind of, um, maybe Gary Lineker said it on match of the day, actually, but like we'll see Leicester kind of hit a median kind of thing. They've had a great mm. number of years and maybe we'll see yeah. them just kind of start to average out a bit. But I think, yeah, they just, they need to buy him some players. Like They need yeah. something new in that squad and just yeah. like the, the defence, he needs at least a new set-piece coach because their inability <laughs> to defend set-pieces is... Honestly, the, the second that went in, I just turned around to my mate who was a Leicester fan and whispered to him, like, are you are you going to coach <laughs> like, <laughs> corners? Because we've done this every game against you like three times now, just the same corner routine and it works. Like, mm. So I think there's still a lot to be improved in that squad and Pats and Daka looks good but he's not going to get a solid run enough. until Vardy yeah. retires right and like Vardy's always going to be the starter I feel like mm. they just need a bit of a fresh impetus in that team mm. but mm. for Arsenal it's great um but yeah I think that's enough on Arsenal I've done like 10 minutes on Arsenal I never it's always longer <laughs> than I intended to be let's talk about then the uh, big game Spurs versus Chelsea um very interesting emotional <laughs> game, shall we say? Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every second of it, yeah. not just from a point of view of tactics, but just how like emotive the game got towards the end as well. Like it was just so fascinating, and I kind of wanted Conte to do the Diego Simeone when they scored the equaliser, yeah. but he disappointed me for that. <laughs> but he made it up at the full time whistle, didn't he? Um, but yeah, if we start off with yourself, Alfredo, um, what did you make of that game? Because it's such a contrast of like tactics as well, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, I think from the manager's perspective, like like you said, I was hoping when that equaliser went in, I was hoping Conte would run in front of Tuchel like down the yeah. top, like go the other. Um, yeah. But he didn't. He did put that Instagram post up after, though, which was yeah. very yeah, classic Conte, snidey, very petty, so comment. petty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Chelsea were the better side over 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think, to be honest, other than his mistake, bringing it back to Italian football, I thought Jorginho actually was excellent, the best I've seen mm -hmm. him play in months. Um, I thought him and Kante just completely run the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, he did make that fucking horrific mistake in, in his own mm -hmm. box, which, which led to the goal. Um, it's a classic Jorginho, though, eh? So classic <laughs> Jorginho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought Chelsea were unlucky. I think obviously that was a, you know, a few contentious decisions, shall we say, um, that probably didn't go in their favour. Um, but yeah, I was happy for Conte anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was an absolute definitely. box office. It was, box it, was it was complete box office. What about I, you, love, I, I really enjoy Conte as a concept. I think he brings so much. <laughs> <laughs> Every league he's in, he just brings entertainment. I hate that he's with that lot and he actually could do something with that lot. But I think they really didn't turn up. Spurs were terrible. They really yeah, did not play were. well. And it's kind of being forgotten because they got the equaliser, right? And the people just look mm. at the results, of course. I think they were terrible. Chelsea, like you said, absolutely dominated it. Um, and maybe Conte was taking a page out of Mourinho's playbook of like, let's just mm. let's distract the pundits from our performance and make it about kind of something else. But what I really like about that game is that those are two sides that properly hate each other. Like the yeah. North London derby, they yeah. absolutely hate each other. And Chelsea Tottenham absolutely hate each other. And it means that there's always a scrap. There's always a bit of a fight and bite in the game. Um, but we do need to talk about uh, Romero. Like I, he's an incredible defender, 
Yeah. He's a proper bastard, though. Like, he's an absolute bastard. He screamed in the face of Reese James when that equaliser went in, right? Yeah. And, of course, the goal definitely shouldn't have counted for the foul on Cooper Ray, right? <laughs> um, it just seems... I don't know, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I can't really talk about it too much, but he really, really winds me up. And I, I was kind of annoyed about how much he managed to get away with in that game. He got he away did. with everything. He did. He was fortunate to stay on that pitch. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you take away the corner instance, mm -hmm. um, there was so many during the game. Like, obviously, he was just getting rattled very yeah. easily, it felt yeah. to me. And I was a bit surprised because I thought, you know, he's learned his trade from the likes of Kalini, etc. Mm -hmm. on corners. So I would have thought he's got that element to him and he would be calm in those situations. But no, he got really rattled. Mm -hmm. um, but a word on Conte's tactics again, it was... I don't know whether it was the tactics or whether it was the players' mentality because, like, just Chelsea seemed more eager. They wanted the ball more. They wanted to get in their faces, which is kind of, I think, disappointing from a Conte perspective because I'm sure he would have wanted his Spurs side to turn up for that match because there's a lot of hype around yeah. Spurs being the kind of team that would maybe turn over Chelsea for this game. But it didn't turn out that way. But mm. on the flip side, I looked at this and thought, Actually, this is the kind of game that you want Spurs to get those maybe draws or like a point out of the game because when they're not playing as well, this is kind of the form that you want them to be in the top three or yeah. like top two. So they did well from that perspective. Very fortunate, as we've said. Um, but also, yeah, we have to like talk about the incidents as well. So Cucurella having his hair pulled back. I mean... I also tagged you, Rory, in a video for the equaliser, which was Cucurella is just standing there, like looking around, <laughs> yeah, and then you've got a player near him. But yeah, then it was yeah. highlighted on Match of the Day about Koulibaly as well. Like, mm -hmm. what was he doing? There was no like yeah. kind of sense of man marking, and that surprised mm -hmm. me. I thought he would just challenge for like Kane's header, and he was just on the line for it. Like, yeah. it just baffled me. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. It did seem like there was a lack of organisation. I feel like maybe the fact that Chelsea have done this real-life football manager, just throw a load of players in the same squad and see what happens. <laughs> maybe it is going to take some time to like iron out all the creases and get everyone playing together. Um, but yeah, there was, some, there was some shocking defending. But I've got a theory about Conte's mentality and how it might affect Tottenham. And I want to put it out there and see if it's just me being biased or whether or wishful thinking. But I thought that Conte having a complete and utter meltdown, Tottenham are like the kings of just meltdowns, right? And is is this going to be a trend throughout the season now of his team and him getting overexcited whenever things don't go their way? Like, is there a potential for this to get out of hand? Like, I don't know what you think, Alfred or Adam. Like, is there... Is Conte's personality the best thing for that Tottenham squad? Or maybe is it just wishful thinking from me? I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's when you employ Conte as a manager, you know, those explosions, those meltdowns, they're to be expected. That he's right. such an he's such an emotional man. He wears his heart completely on his sleeve. And, you know, sometimes I think sometimes maybe that's not the best way to be to get a lot but you see Italy for example yeah. 2016 Euros the worst Italy side I've ever seen yeah. in my yeah. entire yeah. life yeah. I, I was in France I went to every game and the way he managed to galvanize and lift that squad yeah. was absolutely incredible whether that will work with a more talented squad like Tottenham I'm not so sure but all the signs are pointing to him doing really well and mm -hmm. 
you know, it's just, it's just Conte at the end. It is just him. Yeah. Like it is. I'm not sure how well it will reflect on the team going forward, but I like it anyway. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Maybe yeah. it's just wishful thinking for me. I just think that when the heat is on, maybe both him and the squad are just going to completely collapse. I don't know. Yeah, why. I, yes, I, yeah. I, I could. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And from my point of view, I think it is going to be down to the players at the end of the day. I don't think it's as much Conte, but Conte might kind of do his traditional thing at January and say, I need more players. I need more players. And yeah. that's when the uh, key decisions will be made. Will uh, yeah. Daniel Levy give him some more funds? I suspect not. Um, yeah. But we'll wait and see. Wait and see, won't we? What did we make of the Liverpool result, by the way? So um ended up Ooh. one all. Um yeah. Palace did quite well. Um I think it's, it's all centered well. around this Nunes Anderson thing, to be fair. And it kind of highlighted to me actually what a hell of a centre back Anderson is. I mean, he'd be such an upgrade for a lot of teams right now. But um start off with yourself, Alfredo. What did you make of this particular matchup? Um, well, I, I only caught the last um, 20, 30 minutes. I, in fact, I turned on just when um, Nunes got sent off. <laughs> and um, it was... He, he just, it was just complete head loss, wasn't it? I, I saw a montage after the game of all the little spats they had throughout the game. And Anderson had just... You know, it was just, just the whole time, just pushing yeah. him, nudging him, and yeah. like just yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember actually a few years ago when Anderson was at Samp, was it Samp? He was at Samp, was yeah. And Juve were um, linked with him. And I always thought he looked like a good centre back then. But he, mm. but uh, Liverpool, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how well Liverpool will do this year. Mm. I think they are particularly light in midfield, yeah. and for Thiago's exceptionally injury prone. Mm-hmm. And Fabinho doesn't seem to be playing as well as he has done in the past. And suddenly Henderson is yeah. Henderson's not my type of midfielder. If Milner has to um come in, suddenly that midfield looks very, very light and very yeah. really quite weak. And there's rumours about Naby Keita leaving as well and getting sick and not starting games. And like he also is someone who has a lot mm-hmm. of injuries. I feel like it's an area that Liverpool are definitely going to try and address. I just feel like they were really predictable for a Liverpool team who have been one of the most exciting, like just absolutely like almost abusive teams in the league, just yeah. like battering people. That Palace were able to contain them fairly comfortably, catch them on the break really mm. naively. I'm going to say it again, again, Trent getting caught out of the back post. I think on this one, he was out of position. Yeah. Um, it's, it just seemed really super predictable. And Palace, I think, were ultimately quite unlucky to not get all three points. Um, but yeah, the sending off for Nunes is just, yeah, I, I think he's, it's a very experienced centre-back playing against an inexperienced striker and just knowing yeah. that he can get to him, just knowing you can wind him up. It happens on every pitch, in every league, like in, in the country, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think exactly. he's just been found out there. But it was stupid. I did like his comedy fall, though. The slow... The slow mo fall. It was, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a great moment. Like there was a split second, and then he falls. Like, it was great. It was great. It was brilliant. But that goal as well, Eberiche Ize for that pass through to Zaha. I mean, yeah. we were talking about it, Rory, last week about whether Zaha would do enough to be the sole front man. But certainly on that evidence, I mean, he could be Henry esque. Do I yeah. dare say it? Um, he yeah, looks yeah. incredible. So, yeah, very interesting that one. Um, let's go to Villa Everton. Probably not one that we want to talk about for too long, but to be honest, the only person that I want to highlight is Onana. I thought he was incredible oh, when he came on. Like, 
player, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolute player. Um, yeah, yeah. But kind of the only reason why I want to kind of mention this game is because Deli Ali is linked with a move to Besiktas. I mean, his career. Bye, mate. Yeah, yeah enjoy yourself. Mental, yeah. absolutely it's mental. Incredible, isn't it? Um, yeah, the the drop off that that video now of Mourinho talking to him in the all or nothing yeah. is like so prescient now and like yeah. so I, it's been all over Twitter this week obviously and I just watched it like every time it's been on it's such a captivating scene it's amazing to watch anyway but I'm like man he's giving you all the keys there he's telling mm. you what you need to do and you're just you can see it on Deli Ali's face he's just not listening he's like mm. Mm. and you're like, exactly. you're not listening to a word of this are you and now. It, it, there's no, I can't see a way back from now. He's like 28 now, Deli Ali, 27, like 28, that, yeah. maybe. He's not, wow. he's not like, he's kind of like Jesse Lingard, where people just assume he's young forever. Like, he's yeah, not yeah, that young exactly. anymore. And his career has got away from him. And if Everton have bought him for however much it was, 40 million, and are already desperate to get rid of him, then the, it, Lampard knows as well that his attitude is absolutely terrible. Like, mm, it's sad yeah. to see in a way because he was a great player. I don't like him as a player, but he was a great yeah, player. Yeah. Um, and it is sad to see someone just in front of your eyes waste their career. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, if anything, Everton is summed up by that meme of um Frank Lampard where he jokes for a second and then he goes, Yeah, but Everton, but seriously. Like, yeah. yeah, seriously, seriously, <laughs> Everton's not yeah. crap. Like, we're, we're going to be in relegation zone. <laughs> That's that's basically Everton this season. So uh yeah. Um other than that, um let's let's talk about Man United then. No, quick, we've got to do Nottingham Forest before right, we talk we'll about United. Gotta do Nottingham Forest because that game was absolutely mental. How West Ham didn't win this game, I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah. the the atmosphere at the city ground was unbelievable. Great yes, to see that yeah. stadium back in the Premier League. Great, it's just unbelievable to see. A very lucky goal, I'm gonna say quite a fortunate goal from um Awani, but they all count. And I think the main moment was the disallowed West Ham goal. I can't believe yeah. the, anybody know what the reason was for that. Like the defender stepped across him, like into his path. I couldn't see any reason for that to be disallowed. So from what I saw on Sky commentary, they kind of made out that it was the fact that Mikel Antonio had somehow given an advantage to Rice to play yeah. that ball because otherwise the yeah. Forest player in that could have, could have closed in, in. Yeah. yes but it was very debatable because i can see it from a west ham perspective and i suppose if you were their fans you'd be rightly pissed off as well to be mm -hmm. fair yeah, um yeah. but i've seen those kind of happen in like five sides as well yeah. and you kind of go yeah ref come on like that's happened and nothing ever gets given mm. so i think they were just fortunate on this occasion um yeah that said west win. ham did have that penalty and rice <laughs> they need to take rice well. off penalties stop yeah. putting rice on penalties you've got better yeah. penalty takers in that squad i'm absolutely certain of it should have stopped Skamaka on to take it. That's what they should have done. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Well, I was talking to a friend of the show, Tom, today, who's a West Ham <clears> fan, <throat> and he's getting very, very frustrated at the fact that David Moyes takes six months to start new signings. He's like, yeah, just yes. play them. You've signed them, play them. Put him in the team, please. Because even when he came on against City, he looked really impressive. Um, oh, we did, yeah. And gave, yeah. gave West Ham a completely new dimension. I think he needs to be getting starts soon because Antonio yeah. is much better coming off the bench, I think, and gets Skamaka starting. But for Forrest... First three points, I was worried for them after the Newcastle game, but this is yeah. a bit more promising. Even if it was fortunate, it is a bit more promising. It is. And they're signing more players again. They're they're even like more, even more. Morgan Gibbs-White for like 44 mil. Like uh, I wasn't even really aware he played in the Premier League. I like yeah. I, I, He's 
left no impression on me, Gibbs White. And I've watched Wolves a few times. I was like, oh, he's just that defender from there, right? But £40 million is absolutely insane. English place tax there. English place tax, tax. unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. I can't (laughs) even describe him as a player. I'm like, yeah, he's all right, I think. I don't know. Like, Yeah. yeah. All I can say is I saw him for Sheffield United. He seemed quite good in attacking sense he was playing as a strike when he's actually an attacking yeah. midfielder right okay, but yeah. apart from that he's not 44 million pounds worth no. of player because you could go to Syria and get something cheaper to be fair so, you could be signing like, Milinkovic Savage for that yeah, arguably yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so um but yeah it is impressive the amount of signings they're doing right now I mean they were they were I think they were linked with uh Freuler from um Atalanta as well still so and Awar from Leon. Awar, yeah. yeah. And well, Malpay is <laughs> still yet to sign for them, apparently, by all accounts. Yeah. So they yeah. could be a really impressive side, but they could have five sides at the moment, the amount yeah, of players yeah, they're linked yeah. with. So yeah. the, the thing was with Forrest, I think you talked about it in our Premier League predictors, yeah. like most of their most of their team were all on loan. So they were yeah. always gonna have to have a big a big summer to fill their squad up again yeah, exactly. this is what's happening i also forgot how just how rich their owner is like he's genuinely absolutely yeah. loaded oh, yeah. like i kind of forgot that but yeah they're having a big old summer at nottingham yeah yeah mm. yeah Good time i don't to know how that ffp now, is working for them though ffp i mean like jesse lingard he's on like 200k a, a week so i, th- I, I don't thought know. that like I thought FFP had been long forgotten. I didn't think wow. it was still a thing. I yeah, mean, could yeah. you imagine Lecce coming up and spending a hundred million? <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised Berlusconi didn't find that money for Monza yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, Rory, should we bring in We're Brentford? Let's, let's, let's wheel it. it in. Let's wheel it in. So let's Brentford, Brentford won 4 0. I mean, that in itself, like... Uh, what, is it their biggest ever describe. Premier League win? It's their biggest it, ever Premier League win. Yeah, it must be. be. It must be. I think they only won by two clear goals last season, I think it was, like 3-0 or 3-1, something like that. Um, <laughs> but brilliant. yeah, I, do, do you know what? I was just taken aback by how basic the goals were. They weren't, they weren't mesmerising. They just no. worked hard. They scored good goals. But some nice United, moves, but it was United. fairly straightforward passing. Yeah, it, I just I, I feel for Ten Hag, but I then also kind of ask myself, what's he actually been doing with these players? Like, <laughs> know, yeah, you've still been there the, the, all summer, yeah. and you knew what you were walking into, and yeah. you've affected nothing. It's he's not even going to last till November. My my prediction was that he will be under pressure by November. My new prediction is that he will be gone by November. <laughs> I think that honestly, like it is baffling how badly run that club is. I'm obviously loving every minute of it. But yeah, I, it is just bafflingly bad. And the so when I was coming out of the Emirates as the game started, and all of a sudden this pub explodes, and it's like. Oh, well, that's definitely a Brentford goal, like 1 0 Brentford. Then I'm in Tesco, and then some Arsenal fans are like, it's 2 0. The whole Tesco goes mad. <laughs> then it's like 3 0. We're all singing United, get battered everywhere they go, going down the streets. I was really enjoying it. We managed to catch the second half, and it was just so pedestrian. It was just yeah, nothing. I know by that point, Brentford were just like, we just need to see out 45 minutes. Like, this is a formality. Mm-hmm. But for United, it was just so, so passive, so pedestrian, just nothing no running just 
they were just there to like fulfill their contract. It was a mad, mad game. But for Brentford, they were really impressive. You have to say yeah. for them to be able to turn up and just get the job done within thirty-five minutes. <laughs> and then go, okay, we go, boys. Right, just clock watch, and then job done. Like it's it is insane. It's insane. And I think things are weirdly just going to get worse for United yeah. this weekend. They've got Liverpool. Are you? I don't know about you, Alfredo, as well, but the amount of players that are linked with it just feels like there's just no thought process about no. what they're trying to achieve. Because I've made a list, I think it's about maybe 12 players I've got listed that I've been linked since that result. So obviously, Rabio was one of them beforehand, but Jao Felix, Casemiro, Mounier, Vardy, Icardi, Moussa Dembele. Abamyang, Maratta, Jan Sommer, Pulisic, Hudson Odoi, Zayec, Anthony, Dest, Casido, Kuna, and Messier. I mean, there's. I think there's about a few more that are being linked as we speak right now, but I, it just doesn't feel like they have a clue. And it, it just worries you like this club is going in a serious meltdown, aren't they? I, I said last week. Whoever they bring in, it's going to be on inflated wages, inflated amounts of money, but it's not going to have a strategy. It's not going to have like a vision of what they're trying to achieve. And I said it's going to take them a decade to get over this. It's going to take longer now. It is literally going to take them longer. I can't see what the future is for Man United. And I'm going to leave at that because I'm sure Andy will kind of fill us in next week, Rory. But for your benefit, yeah, well, Alfredo, good, good what luck. are your thoughts on? Your thoughts on what the hell is going on at Man United? Well, it seems strange to me immediately because I thought they were bringing Ten Hag in to, you know, give the club some kind of identity and, you know, philosophy and way of playing. But the signings they've made and are trying to make seem to, you know, completely dispute that. I mean, the fact that they're... I mean, Rabiot alone, the fact that they're trying to bring him in says enough to me about their recruitment than anything <laughs> else. <laughs> because he's so, they, they they were willing to pay exit. They were they didn't go all the way. They weren't obviously ultimately they were willing close, to pay though. his wages. Yeah. But they were close to paying him that money and paying I think it was fifteen million, fifteen twenty million for him. Yeah, he's he's the most. He would have done nothing to that. He would have been no, yeah. he, like he's done for Juve for the last three years. He would have gone to Man United and done absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't know what their idea is going forward. I think they've got a lot of players who are overrated, and you know the Rash. I think Rashford. I think has been poor for two mm-hmm. two and a half three years now. Um, Maguire. I mean, even Maguire. Ten Hag coming in to play a high pressing system with Maguire. It's, it's not going to end well. With yeah, Maguire the guy can't the run. He can't it's not run. Well. No. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think I think they're in a bad place, and I think it may get worse. But similarly, it would be a very Man United thing to do to go and beat Liverpool one nil on Monday. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fred think goal that everyone, incoming. Yeah, and everyone said this: uh, if they do win against Liverpool. Then they go over Liverpool in the league standings as well, yeah. which then puts Liverpool into potentially the relegation zone. So um, it'd be interesting. We care. It, so. it would be a great bit of Barclays. It would be a great bit it of would. Barclays. It'd be classic Barclays for that to happen. Um, I think, yeah, Liverpool are going to wake up this weekend. I think that's what's going to yeah. happen. Liverpool are going to be really determined to win this game, yeah. and I think they might not be as merciful as they were last time when the second <laughs> half they could have won nine yeah. nil last time, right? And the second half they were like, all right, let's win Barisan. I think this time they're not going to be that merciful. Um, so United could be 
in a lot of trouble. But going through that list of players mm. is honestly mind blowing. If you think Aubameyang is going to be this, <laughs> if you think you need another old uninterested striker to join your other one, like <laughs> I, I don't know what, what I don't know what how we can help you. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Insanity. And he's still linked with Chelsea as well, Aubameyang, which yeah, yeah, yeah. mesmerises me, to be fair. I thought they'd go for someone a bit more livelier than Aubameyang, but never mind. Um, for this weekend, though, guys, we've got Everton versus Forest, which feels like a first six-pointer of the season, potentially. I don't know what you guys mm -hmm. think, but then we've got also Fulham versus Brentford. Sunday is an interesting one because we've got Leeds versus Chelsea, Newcastle versus Man City, and as we've alluded to on Monday night, we've got Man United versus Liverpool. We haven't spoken too much about Man City, you guys, um, but Man City had a, not an impressive result against Bournemouth this weekend, probably expected. Um, but against Newcastle, possibly a bit tougher opposition. What's our thoughts? Start off with yourself, Alfredo. Yeah, I mean, I can't see anything but City mm. win, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I I would, at this stage, even after two weeks, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't bet any money against them winning the title. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Look, so, they look so yeah. complete. Mm. There is not one aspect of that team that can really be improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think it's Liverpool. Like there was Liverpool fans on Twitter going, "I think we're already out of it." And at first, I was like, "Oh, it's reactionary." And I was thinking, I was like, "No, I think actually you're pretty much yeah. right. <laughs> you needed to match them. You've you've missed out on the title twice by one point and by goal difference or something, right? Like if you're not with them every step of the way, then they look. Yeah. I think we're at a point where the Premier League and it's maybe a time for another for another pod, but we're maybe getting to a point where the Premier League could become the Bundesliga in terms of City just win the league every fucking year. I can't see a time when they don't win it for the next couple of years at least, um, which is sad to see, but Arsenal are still level on points, so who knows? The title race is still on. Right? The title race is still on. Definitely. Right. Um, just quickly then, just because it's come up as a poor kind of topic anyway, uh, the Brexit Super League. So, um, yeah, it came out a few weeks ago anyway, but Galliani has spoken about making sure that English teams don't compete in a future Super League. I know De Laurentiis was very keen to have something very similar. Um, yeah, let's go around the houses. Um, Rory, what's our thoughts about this uh, potential idea? Um, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't be the best competition, would it, if the English teams <laughs> were there? It wouldn't. It ultimately would be a secondary competition because they go, oh yeah, you've won that, but City and Liverpool and the rest of them aren't in it. So I feel like it would just instantly lose value. Um, it's a, it, there's a lot of like hatred from the continent towards the Premier League in general, and I get it because they we mm. just the Premier League outspends and it like it can just outspend any other team. It just picks the best players and goes, we're having yeah. them. I can understand where the animosity comes from, but ultimately. The Premier League is also the best marketed league in the world. Um, mm. It's the best at what it does. That's why it generates the most money. It's not just because, like, it's the football isn't that clearly the best brand of football. It's just yeah. marketed incredibly well. So you have to say any league could have done that, really. Um, so I think it's just a bit of animosity towards the Premier League that's a bit of frustration from the chairman yeah. as about their players getting picked off. Um, but if the competition was made, I don't think it would really, it would instantly be de devalued, I think. What do you think, Alfredo? Yeah. I think it's, I think I agree. It's. It, it comes from that inner frustration of the mm. state of Serie A at the moment. I mean, 
you know the infrastructure of the stadiums i was at mm. um i went to see sampdoria versus hydrogen split in a, wow. a, a then uefa cup or a qualifier in 2007 so this was 17 years after the 1990 world cup and in the yeah. stadium there were still stickers <laughs> on the back of the seats <laughs> from the 99 like 99 yeah. world cup stickers yeah. that they are so far behind and and mm. it's hard and i understand why they're frustrated when you have newly promoted teams in the premier league spending over 100 million mm. and They've got these brand new stadiums and, you know, the team who comes bottom in the Premier League earns more in TV rights and the champions of Serie A. It's, there's such a disparity and it seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And I think they're just trying to find some kind of solution, not just Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, yeah. Yeah. in a bad position at the moment and the French League, just to find some kind of way of bridging that gap and, you know, making sure that gap doesn't keep getting bigger and bigger yeah, every year. Yeah, yeah. They are falling behind. And I think, you know, if you're, Someone who's based in England who, you know, goes to Italy every, may go every year or every few years, and you see those old stadiums, like the Bologna Stadium is a beautiful stadium. Yeah. And it's, oh, the, the romance of it, which is great if you go there once. But week in, week out, those stadiums, they're mm. old. The San Paolo yeah. is it. It's, it's, a it's a disgrace that stadium. It is, yeah, it is yeah, a disgrace. Yeah, and and yeah. A, a team playing in the Champions League in the Serie A, one of the biggest leagues in the world, should not be playing in a stadium like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like I said, I think it's frustration that they're so far behind, and I, I I have no idea how they can how they can bridge the gap really, apart mm. from maybe being mm. bought by state backed. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's the only that's the only <laughs> plan for any team yeah. now. I think. Uh, yeah. Apart yeah, from yeah. that, I'm really not sure how how things are going to change. But you know, football cyclical like everything else in life, and you know, in the near future, the Serie A will be back on top. I'm sure of it. It will. It will. It will. It will. Um, okay, I think we're coming to the close of this episode. So many thanks to you, Alfredo. But more importantly, Alfredo, where can our viewers and listeners find you? Uh, they can find me at the moment on my TikTok account, uh, which is called Adzuri TV. Um, I have a Twitter and an Instagram as well. Uh, don't really, probably not as active on there as I should be. Yeah, but all my TikToks, my videos are on um, are on TikTok. So yeah. Find me there. Pleasure, pleasure. No, thank you for being with us. And Rory, just a bit of housekeeping from ourselves. I'm going to be missing from next week, so it'll be yourself and Andy that leads this episode next week. Um, but apart from that, I'm going to sign out with this quote from Jose Mourinho, which was, "You see how Spanish, Italians, Portuguese play football." I don't say they are perfect. I say English football has a few things to learn from them in the same way they have a lot of things to learn from English football. And with that, we'll see you next week. Take care, guys.